We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Lindsay, we are crossing enemy lines into the beautiful city known as San Diego. Lindsay, please put the broom away because on the line is Odyssey MLB Insider. Tony Gwen Jr. Insider calls are brought to you by driveway.com. Looking for a car? Go to driveway.com where you can get pre-qualified, buy a car, and get it delivered. Many thanks for taking the time to join uh, to talk some ball with us today, Tony, especially after the week that was and the weekend that was. So much hype that was headed into the Padres-Dodgers series. They played three games this past weekend, but the Padres lost all three and were outscored 20-4. to I mean, Manny just says we'll keep baseballing, but is there any reason to be wary of the big move that the Padres made last week? No, I don't know if there's reason to be wary at all. I think, you know, ultimately, you know, no matter the moves you make, excuse me, it boils down to, you know, who, who plays better, who plays the better game. And, you know, the Dodgers for the last three games uh, in L.A., they were the better team. And so, you know, I think in the course of 162 games, you got to try to keep things in perspective, not try to blow them up. Obviously, there was a lot of attention because of the moves the Padres made, but ultimately it's the Dodgers are a really good ball club. And so in order to beat them, you have to play – uh, as close to perfect as possible, and the Padres didn't do that this weekend. And, and, and Tony, just to preface why I say crossing into enemy lines, because here in Vegas, uh, here at uh, 1140 The Bet, we are the home of the Dodgers here. And I kind of, before, like, take me back Friday afternoon, or a matter of fact, as the trade deadline's happening and the news breaks. As a city, how excited, what was the energy level when they found out that, yo, the Padres are for real. They're going after it. It's not just Juan yeah. Soto. We're getting Josh Hader. We're getting Josh Bell um, and everything. Like, how's the excitement level in the city getting these high-level players? It, it, I mean, before this weekend, it was buzzing. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't remember a time being in Petco Park, especially the first day both guys arrived. Um, I don't ever. I don't remember a time where the stadium, you could, like, it was palpable. Like, you could feel it, the energy. There was just this buzz. Clearly... Uh, the city is is 100% behind it. Now, you know, uh, you still got to go out and win ballgames. As we saw this weekend, that's not always going to be easy, especially when you're facing a Dodger ball club that has really been a, a well-oiled machine for the past eight, nine, ten years. So um, there's going to take some time for the new guys to gel, but I have no doubt that when we get towards the end of the season that these two teams will see each other again, and, and, and um, it'll be a good series when it happens. Now, I'm not going to say that the that the pennant isn't out of reach, but when you're 15 and a half games back from the Dodgers with uh, just less than yeah. two months left, it's going to be really tough. But I, I was watching one of your interviews with Colin Coward uh, earlier last week. You mentioned 
finding success these days in the leagues, it's about taxing starting pitching and getting to those relievers early. It's something that's super easier said than done, especially in this era of pitching, as it is to say, just extend the at-bat as a hitter. Who's been most effective as a hitter for the Padres this season in this way, and what enables them to be so effective? That's a good question. I, I think, uh, you know, surprisingly, it's probably been Jerickson Profar. He's the one who has consistently, I mean, from the beginning of the season to now, um, exemplifies what it means to tax a pitcher. And that, that looks different for, for, for everybody, right? It, taxing a pitcher could mean running his pitch count up to where he starts, you know, missing and missing over the middle plate. Uh, taxing a pitcher could also end up showing up later in the ball game. It doesn't have to necessarily show up right then. But in terms of the Padres lineup, Profar is one of the guys who, do, who does it well. Uh, obviously, Juan Soto, he's leading the world in walks right now. I think the closest guy next to him is 25 walks behind. He does that, and he does it on a consistent basis. And, you know, that's the thing I marvel about the Dodgers. When you watch them play and you watch that lineup from top to bottom, they all have elements of it. And I think that's where um, the sweet spot is. Offenses will try to, to get nine guys who can kind of put at bats together like that because when you do it, it usually pays dividends at the end of a ball game. Tony Gwynn Jr. joining us here, our MLB Odyssey Insider. And on the flip side, and I may be biased because Manny Machado's on my fantasy team, but he's been in a slump <laughs> since he's returned from injury. Do you see any signs of him returning the form, or is this going to be status quo as the season goes on? No, I think I think he'll get hot again. I, you know, that ankle injury was pretty gnarly, and you know, most people thought he was going to miss a lot more time than he ended up. Uh, and I think he's still dealing with that. I, I know he's on the training table all the time trying to get that ankle as close to normal as he possibly can, but um, he's too talented. He he won't continue to uh, slump as he has. I think he'll get back. He'll get hot. He'll ride that wave. Hopefully that wave comes in September and in October because that's when you're going to need him to be at his best anyway. Speaking of superstars on the men, Fernando Tatis Jr. has been sidelined all season but made his rehab assignment debut this past week weekend. That bone in his left wrist obviously impacts his swing, as does his mental processing speed. But what part of the swinging motion poses the biggest challenge to him as he works back to big league speed? You know, that's a good question. I think, I think it probably is when he's trying to stop his swing. Um, that, mm. to me, would probably be the, the check swing where you get going full tilt and you're trying to stop it on a dime. That probably will be the thing that he has to uh, – the hump he has to get over. The other thing, aside from, from swinging the bat, is sliding. You know, you put that hand down as you're going full tilt on a feet per slide, um, there's a lot of weight that, that ends up on there. Now, I, I, I'm sure he's probably working on getting both hands up so that he's not putting that hand down, but that's a tough habit to break. I think that's why these, uh, these rehab games are so, are so important is so that – you know, you get over the swing hurdle, but there are so many other elements to his game, especially the, as hard as he plays, um, that I think the the sliding, the diving, I think those are elements he's going to have to get over. And it sounds like through the first two days, it's gone good. And as you're talking, Tony, I kind of want to ask you, because coming up here in a couple of weeks, we're going to have Grant Hill on the show. And as I'm doing the research, it kind of amazed me how many times he came back from injury way too soon yeah. because he wanted to. I mean, I know Bob Melvin uh, on Sunday said that mid-August is where they're looking at for Tatis to come back. Obviously, this wild card race with Philadelphia, like everything's tight. Throughout, all these games are going to matter throughout the end of the season to get this spot, to get into the playoffs. 
Are you concerned that they might rush him back when he's not ultimately ready from this injury? I'm actually not because they took their time even allowing him to swing the bat. Like, it was, I mean, I was so tired of talking about bone scans. When's his next? Because he had to cross <laughs> this certain hurdle. Finally, he got to that point. He was swinging off the tee. And so I think the Padres have been overly cautious uh, when it comes to Fernando and his wrist for that reason. Because it's, a, it's, a, it's an injury that can have a lasting impact if you don't take care of it the right way. So I'm actually pretty comfortable with how the Padres have handled it. And I think more importantly, Fernando's comfortable with it. Those consequences and those actions always tend to come back and bite you in the butt when you don't expect it, if you don't take care of uh, your business when you need to. And that could be probably said about the Aaron Judge contract negotiation. That's not really going on with the Yankees right now. They've been embroiled in those extension talks for months. He bet on himself and has taken down the house this year, and he could very well be in a different uniform by next season. Would it be disastrous for baseball if he were to play elsewhere? Because I think there is irreparable damage to the Yankee brand. But what do I care about them for? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I don't know that a lot of people uh, would care as much as you are right now in terms of irreparable damage to them. I, I don't see that being um, a, a situation that that hurts their reputation. I mean, the Yankees have You let the Yankees Derek forever. Jeter of his generation walk away? Go to the you don't think that's a bad idea considering they haven't won a championship since 2009? First, as good as Judge has been, he is certainly not the Derek Jeter uh, for, for the Yankees. I mean, it's... It's a different ball game. First of all, Derek Jeter, I don't know, he very rarely missed any time. Um, and so it was easy to rely on him. Kind of overrated came... too, right? <laughs> yeah. Right, Tony? Like, Stop like, it. Tony, uh, Tony, real quick. To, you are not getting me real, to say Derek Jeter's overrated. Real, real quick, real quick. All I'm saying is if he was on the Royals, we, he ain't getting the 10-part documentary on ESPN. That's all I'm saying. Continue, though, sir. Thank you for the time. Thank you for joining us. I'm sorry. Sorry to interrupt. I just needed to say that. I'm sorry. Listen, listen, Edward. Uh Derek Jeter is Derek Jeter, yes, partly because he played for the Yankees, but Derek Jeter's Derek Jeter because of what he did in October. That's why he gets the notoriety that he gets. And then everything else on on top of that is just icy. So uh Derek Jeter is, is 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 a Hall of Famer and no one can take that away from him. I don't care if he played for the Yankees, I don't care if he played for the Royals. If the Royals were getting to the postseason and he was doing the things that he was doing He'd have a ten-part series as well. I know people would like to like to try to dog my man DJ, but he he, he deserves all the accolades he's got. How do you feel about Omar Vizquel, though? I mean, one of the best defensive shortstops to ever. Okay, thank you. Great to feel. I'm no sorry, I, I'm from Cleveland. Both Tony. things can be true. <laughs> Both things can be true. What am I going to ask him about Nick Punto next? We can go with the Minnesota <laughs> Twins fandom. Where is ah, he's better too <laughs> defensively. Come on. I know Nick Puto very well, a.k.a. the Shredder. He's a good guy. Yeah, that guy, he was amazing in the field. But when you need an at-bat, he was not the person that I would call. But we love him uh, just the same. Um, Real quick, two two big pictures with the Padres. Um, 13-game stretch that's about to start tonight against sub-500 teams. Obviously, like I said earlier, uh, the Padres battling with the Phillies for that wild-card spot. Do you like that they're going to be in this high-pressure situation throughout the season with all these these new players on the team and getting accustomed to each other and everything and, and being in those high-pressure situations because that's what October's all about? I, I do. It, it's, there's, not a better, there's not a better practice field than being in that type of environment as you aspire to be in, in October. So I think it's a good thing uh, that they have these games that are going to be extremely important. The Phillies are breathing down their back, and – 
listen, it, it was never going to be easy. I know people look at rosters and, and they make assumptions based on what they see on paper, but the, it typically wild card races are wild card races because they're close. And so I expect this to be no different, but the fact that the Padres will have to be in this type of environment, I think serves them well, uh, especially if they can get into October. Uh, who's playoff bound, you know, if, if they should make the playoffs, uh, bullpen best covers up for deficiencies present elsewhere in their team. I mean, the best bullpen in baseball is the Dodgers. I mean, statistically, I, I, I test, I mean, they got it going. Now here's the question I have for the Dodgers. They have mastered regular season play probably better than anybody in baseball. Uh, Will those same relievers be able to perform when they are called upon a little bit earlier and a little bit more often come postseason time? That'll be the biggest hurdle for the Dodgers to get over if there is a hurdle that they have. And then, and then Tony, I don't know when we're going to speak to you again. So big picture-wise, heading into the playoffs, how do you feel San Diego matches up? Of course, we've, we've talked about the Dodgers, but – the Mets, the Braves, the Cardinals, et cetera, as they get into the playoffs and try to win this uh, championship? I feel a lot better about those matchups right now than I do the Dodgers. I mean, just and that's just based on what we've seen during the regular season. The Padres handled the Phillies. They handled the Mets very well. I know it was without the ground, but they saw Scherzer the last time they were in New York. They went toe-to-toe. They beat him. They beat the Braves, won each of the series here and there. And so, you know, that's really all we have to go up. Now, obviously, you get into September on that stage under those bright lights. Sometimes performances can can fluctuate, so you know you can't account for that now. But just based on what we've seen here in the regular season, the Padres didn't have Juan Soto at the time. They didn't have Josh Bell or, or Josh Hader at the time. So I, I feel pretty good about those matchups. They just haven't been able to quite crack this puzzle called the Los Angeles Dodgers just yet. I'm sure baseball fans are pretty pumped, though, that we get that rivalry specifically nine more times before the postseason even starts, though. If you like baseball, you, you certainly should be excited because uh, I can tell you, being in L.A. this last weekend, being here when the Dodgers came to town, uh, there's not a better buzz in a building when those two teams get, to, get together. Now, uh, you just hope that the, the, the matchup is, lives up to the expectation that everybody has. Tony, it's been an absolute pleasure today. We appreciate your insight and experience, especially with all these games left uh, against one another as uh, the regular season sprints to its conclusion. Be well, stay hydrated, my friend, and we'll see you in the postseason. You guys do the same. Thank you. There he is. That was Odyssey MLB insider Tony Gwynn Jr. Insider calls are brought to you by driveway.com. Head to driveway.com today to shop more than 25,000 new and used cars in driveways nationwide inventory. Coming up. We got to say happy birthday to the MVP, Asia Wilson, and we'll talk aces on the Playmakers. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.